0: Okay guys, let's get this started with me today. Somebody with a fascinating mind. Maybe it's a beautiful mind. Maybe it's a creative mind. Maybe it's a creative force. Who knows? Let's get the show started.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Ren Cummings, high five good morning or afternoon or whatever time of day it is
0: absolutely uh, uh, i'm here in southern california where are you located ren
1: uh just outside of seattle
0: oh beautiful how are you guys doing up there in seattle with uh, all, all the, the 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 concerns and issues and how how are you feeling ren
1: you know i'm feeling incredibly optimistic it it's i was born in 1969 so i kind of missed the whole Civil rights issues of the '60s. Um, I didn't get to participate in any of the marches, you know, because I wasn't even born. In (laughs) spirit, I was there in spirit. So it's it's kind of amazing to see this happening right now, and especially Seattle's kind of always been a a a city of action uh, when it comes to civil rights issues and uh, and kind of addressing concerns that affect smaller groups of people and kind of um, pulling together to really kind of make issues known and I've been watching what's been happening that I, if, if people are watching this aren't aware of what's been going on um, some of the people have actually sectioned off a whole segment of one area called Capitol Hill about four or five to six blocks of, of area and they've just pushed everything else out except for people who live there and people who work there so that they can have these conversations on the street and and it's been inspiring to, to oh, wow. how people have been involved it's it's been incredibly peaceful there's, there's been a couple of incidents but but ever since the police stopped throwing tear gas at them everyone's been in a good mood and it's been amazing to have kind of watched the, uh, the the people um trying to 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 convey their concerns about things and and yet not be you know um completely anarchistic about it so it's been kind of yeah, fascinating enough. thing to watch
0: well i'm concerned because you live up there and i know that you know um at the end of the day voices will be heard action will be taken uh, however Seattle has been in the news lately a lot uh, a lot of it negative um yeah. but that's that's media for you because i believe media is fake i don't i don't trust the news nah. i'd rather go to to facebook or twitter not really instagram yeah. because that's more you know the amazing life of people really um, but I I, see, I I go to more of my own resources than trusting the media, uh, but anyway, let's not get into that. Let's have some fun,
1: because yeah. that's
0: what this is all about. Um, There's always time
1: for a revolution later.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe we have a revolution <laughs> with your two books, and you've been a writer, so I want to get into that. I want to delve into the mind of Ren Cummins. Um, Ren, uh you know, I got your two books from your, from your, your publicist, Marty Melville. Mm-hmm. over Dose blunt or dulce blunt sorry uh, publications and um i haven't had a chance to read them i've got them on friday i am my favorite genre that is science fiction
1: excellent and, is in the right place
0: yeah exactly i I'm, i'll I'm <laughs> quickly show them with you and what I loved about this this is this reminded me of current of kind of future events okay and this is your um stone and uh, sorry sky sun and stone book that's book number two. But book number one. I kind of like this. This is your steel and sky. This is kind of past and future. Yes. Am I right?
1: I, you know, I I'm I'm going to have to issue a blanket apology to to fans of the genre. But uh, when I was working on the edits for the first book, and I'd finished writing the entire first, and this is even before before these two books. But the very first book I wrote, which is kind of set in the same world, um, my editor came back to me and, and said that she really really enjoyed all that all the steampunk elements of it yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i had to google the word steampunk and so i i, I feel like i had to apologize for people who have been fans of this genre which the name has been around for a good 30 40 years but the style itself has been around since jules vernon and hg wells and it's this okay. idea of a retro futurist a retro technology to where um, they can perform these kind of amazing ideas, amazing things with like steam power and and simple laws of physics to, to generate Rot. results. Right, yeah. So uh, I, I just liked it because the idea, um, for me kind of a, a Victorian period seemed like that launching off point where there was still a lot of people who believed in kind of the supernatural, esoteric elements of the world and then people who are kind of pushing forward with this industrial idea. And I liked that as a, as a, a point of departure mm. to explore uh, okay. the idea of faith versus science. So, uh, faith? Faith versus science.
0: Oh, okay. Let's go into that. That's interesting you've you worked that up. What, what, is that? what do you mean by that, Ren? Well, it,
1: in our society, we have we, we kind of have our own division of people who uh, people who put all their, all their eggs in a basket of science and knowledge. And we have people who kind of put all their eggs in a basket of faith. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and we have, as a culture, kind of allowed these two things to be um, a point of contention. And I, and I personally believe that the points shouldn't be a, a, an argue or a, a point of battle, but should actually be a point where you have this perspective, I have this perspective. Let's use our, our, our two perspectives to find a great way forward.
0: Right. And as I, a, don't, I like it, emerging, merging the, the greatness together as one instead of division.
1: Exactly, I think we have more things in common than we have that divide us, and so I oh, kind of write a block. book about that idea, and and the idea of taking it from a, a retro tech that, that, that same kind of uh, I guess the, that era of of of, of departure um, and housing amazing feats of magic with amazing feats of science side by side. I thought it made a really interesting, it made for an interesting kind of a, a background for the whole story.
0: I actually I, I almost agree with what you say not that I, I know your mind that well Ren, but i do like how you, you because i do I, be, I do believe there is magic and i do believe there is evidence you know I, I we're very cynical human beings We like to see to believe
1: yeah and i think there are some things that that can't be universally defined by either side and for me i guess the the big supporting evidence evidence you want to call it that for, for things like magic was, is music. And, and here's, okay. I'll give you an example of that. Um, Cause I did music for about 10, 15 years professionally as well and I just, I love the idea of it. I love the language of it.
0: Oh, I, I, I know where, I know where you're going with this. And to, so now I'm, it's very clear of who you are and why you have this futuristic um, sense and vision to the future. You're like an Elon Musk, you know, you believe it and you see it okay he's the one who's the action making it happen but you're with him on, on that journey you're not like you're in awe of what elon musk is doing okay but you're on the you know you're not it's not um it's, it's believable it's not impossible to you what he's doing is possible
1: right there's a there's a quote by george bernard shaw and i'm, I'm probably butchering the, the the quote but he said that most people look at the world that it is and ask why but i prefer to imagine a world that could be and ask why not Mm. And and I think that it's it's the idea of of imagining something that doesn't exist and and using that imagination and that um, that hope to to move forward like a, like with Star Trek for example I mean in in the the old not the old 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 series but the the Star Trek uh, next generation
0: yeah
1: they uh, the something just happened to the camera
0: no I'm sharing oh. my screen with you as you're talking oh, okay. screen, I'm to, um, go, who who is Shaw again George B- B- Bernard oh.
1: George Bernard Shaw.
0: Wow, it rings a bell.
1: Yeah, um, he's a he's a, um, he wrote plays. He's written books. Um, probably uh, about a, okay, a years ago. there he is.
0: Yeah, yeah, Irish playwright. Okay, great. I need to help yeah. the audience because I knew the name. I'm like, how about I? I, I, know, I do know the name Bernard Shaw. I do know that name. What is he famous for?
1: Uh, I think it was Man and Superman. I think was his uh, his his most popular work.
0: Oh, you're kidding uh, me. Okay. Forgive me. That's how green
1: I am. <laughs> okay. No, you know what? Uh, I, it's, that's why I love, I love things like Wikipedia. I, yeah. I took this like 20 years ago, we didn't have this wonderful resource to to pick up information. In fact, it's fantastic for writers because um, I, I've written books that involve like, uh, well, we have like, I have airships in the current series. um, And the idea of how to construct, design and operate and repair an airship. Um, there's not a lot of places you can just go and pick someone's brain to have them teach you this.
0: Right, right. But if
1: you go on here, you can find a lot of information. That's and yeah, it's not yeah. all accurate, but it's a great resource to start the search. So he 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 was one behind uh, Superman. Um, well, not the Superman in the comics, but the idea of... In fact, they, they took the inspiration of the name from his writings. But uh, he wrote a, a book called... Uh, or a play called Man and Superman. And it's the idea of... I see um, that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, how do you... Uh, how do you define what we are and what we could be? And he was a, a very interesting futurist. Oh
0: my gosh, and this guy's way ahead of his time. Oh way yeah, no, no.
1: That's the thing. It, it kind of goes back to that same period that I liked about um, uh, the Victorian period. It was very revolutionary. It was, it was kind of a free-for-all because it, it went hand-in-hand with this period of, of uh, immense uh, engineering feats and industrialization and all these things right. of, of man learning they could do anything. And yet the same time there was this artistic side that was like what else could we do so um it it, again it really worked very very uh it dovetailed very nicely into the idea of steampunk because you have these kind of weird dazzling quirky technological things that really can't be done with just a steam engine
0: Uh, i'm gonna go there so you keep saying steampunk and i'm 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 gonna act transparent with you right now yes i have never heard of steampunk (laughs) oh well
1: hey this is great because um i (laughs) i i hadn't heard of it when i started writing it as i as i mentioned i was i learned oh my gosh yeah it's a whole it's a whole subculture and subgenre of the sci-fi and fantasy um uh interests and fan base to where they look at and the, the two most popular authors that kind of exist in this are H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. Right. Uh, be, because right. Those, those amazing adventures happened, well, were described and, and imagined at this time when, um, when the technology was just getting started. And, and, and people were, and if you look at that, you look at like the, the 20 or 30 years from like 1890 to 1920, you look at, at how far we went so quickly. Like, we went from horse and carriage to automobile, Correct. airplane. Correct. And it's, yeah. it's a fascinating time. And it wasn't just the technology, but the imaginations of people. They thought, wow, if we could do this, what else can we do?
0: Right. I remember Wild Wild West is very oh, uh, yeah. punkish, if if I can oh, say yeah. that. I'm trying, I'm trying to act like you right now, Ren, in your, in your realm. Uh, Ren, <laughs> but what I also remember was, um, if, if, I, if I can, I just watched uh, um, Doctor Strange recently. You know, because we're in quarantine and I've watched a lot of movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, at one point, I actually owned 800 movies. I, I was in Hollywood for 16 years and I owned 800 movies. So, uh, I pride in myself in watching like a movie at night. Yeah, I watched a movie at night. I should have probably been a critic myself the show. Um but have a show. But Doctor Strange, it's 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 the magic portion of it without the scene, which is interesting. It's got that look and feel. It doesn't have the, the mechanics of it, but it has the magic of it. So, it's these are all kind of um similar worlds yet different
1: yeah no i i do kind of i guess if i had to uh, describe my aesthetic for writing is it's kind of potluck it's it's very um
0: just potluck you are in you are interesting rent potluck who says potluck because <laughs> we're not potluck is because i grew up in south africa and a lot of our our, our barbecues were in this huge big black pot we would throw and forgive me for saying this we would throw the animal's head in there oh yeah you know, uh, i'm talking brains and eyes and you name it um you know lamb i'm talking about and cow um along with all yeah. the beef and the and the and the meat and the vegetables and the 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 the, the rum you know it's called a pot <laughs> like it's called a poikikos
1: okay yeah that's that is exactly how i write <laughs> I just i i just I, I find the things that i like I find mm. the things that that inspire me and and I find ways to put them into the story because they're fun. I mean, I if if nobody ever read my books ever, at least it was an opportunity for me to write a story with all of the strange disparate things that I I enjoy kind okay. of shoved into into one big big pot.
0: So it, it, with that Ren, a lot of a lot of people are married to their content. So they're like well, this is like this is their baby and they're not going to let go and this is my baby, I'm not gonna let go and you know Hollywood's gonna ruin my ruin my book and ruin my vision and my story and so forth. Um, where I believe collaboration elevates your content. So maybe it isn't at the end of the day, let's let's say for instance, this could picked up in Hollywood Ren, and it gets made into a motion picture a movie. I believe, and I know because I've seen the transformation, what you've put on paper today isn't really what
1: you see ultimately at the end of the day. It's vastly different, it's similar. Well, it's a it's a different storytelling. There's a marriage then. Yeah, if, if people are gonna make my stuff into TV shows or, or anime or movies or whatever, uh, I, I'm I'm fully aware that they would change elements. You you have to. It's gonna it's evolve, around.
0: right? There's gonna be an evolution.
1: Yeah, it's and it's just gonna be a different way of telling a story. And they're gonna they, the most movies tend to do that. They'll they'll either add characters, they'll subtract characters, they'll combine characters, they'll combine scenes, they'll right. change things around. Uh, because to tell a story on a big screen is a completely different beast than telling a story on a page.
0: And they're spending a hundred million dollars. When you spend a hundred million dollars, it's a different creation. Uh, Uh look, look, look at it for Dan Brown. I mean, he's incredible, but then you add Tom Hanks into the mix. I mean, you add locations. I I mean, you know, it it just, it's an evolution. So Uh so let's go here. Ren, you're kind of a fascinating guy. Okay. Um, I'm big into the mindset. I'm all about, the mind that's how you create uh, that's how you create first of all that's how you um uh, uh you process um it's like machine learning you process you analyze you you make decisions good or bad or ugly and then also you take action okay so how did that's a few part there how did you go from creating these books okay um uh sun and stone and then uh steel and sky in your head we decided to put them into action by writing, a, writing them on paper, and now we have them in hand. Let's go, um, on, that, let's go on that journey.
1: <laughs> so, uh, well, first, I've, I've always loved storytelling. Um, I, I, I got, uh, according to my mother's baby book that she read, wrote about me when I was, uh, I think, six or seven, I think. So
0: you've written about Ren already.
1: Oh, yeah, no, this is my origin story. Um, <laughs> she uh, when she was seven, When I was seven years old, my mom asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. And I said, Spider-Man. Awesome. <laughs> and she was like, well, okay. So she had to break some hard truths to me and, and explain that Spider-Man isn't real. Sorry, spoilers. And, uh, but that he was written by a whole bunch of people in New York City who write and draw his stories. And I said, wait, so they're paid to write his stories? She said, yes. Yeah. I said, well, then now I know what I want to be when I grow up. Ah, wow. Well, so I, 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 it's, it's creative <laughs> and entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship at the same time. Yeah, it was, so I thought, well, if I can't be the superhero, because I, I thought you go to a college, you you on graduation day you get bit by a spider and you know, you like, <laughs> and I'm uh, of that, finally, I, yeah. I, I know. I was like, oh, I graduated. I'm, I'm ready for this, and and no, turns out you can't. Um, but telling those stories was like the next best thing. So for like the first fifteen years, it was just went to write comic books, and then I did oh, music for a while, crazy. which was still storytelling. But I kind of stopped when my son was born because um, music is a, is a tough career to have a family with. You have to do a lot of traveling. You spend a lot of time, most of your time, away from home.
0: And also in the studio when, you, when you're recording. I mean, this isn't a one, two-hour session. It's 18 hours, sometimes a day and a night and another day.
1: Right. And I saw an interview um, with Sting uh, on his first tour away from the police, and he was talking about how he wanted to shift his priorities to where he spent more time at home because he had come home from a tour and there were these two teenage people walking in his house that he had no idea who they were and they were his kids wow. and he was like i'm never doing this again i'm not going to miss these opportunities mm. so i thought about that and I, I, I can't do that so i sold my gear and i i just stopped being creative for a while but every night when we put our son down to bed he would always ask us to tell us tell him uh, bedtime stories and usually it was my wife would go in and start, so she would start telling the story, and then they yell for me to come down and finish it because she's like, "I don't know what to go from here." So I'd come down, pick up the story, and then finish the story off. And uh, after about, I think my son was about nine, and we went to see one of the Harry Potter films. And I asked him what he thought. I was very excited because I'm like, "This is where I get my kid loving books and all this <laughs> the cool stuff." And, and so I asked him, I "Like, what like
0: do you- me, yeah, mini me, he
1: said, Hey, I'm gonna, dude, This is what he's going to be loving." And he's like well it was kind of stupid and i was I, I, like how do you respond to that and hey, now, was, on,
0: but this is a nine-year-old
1: yeah he nine-year-old and, a teen and or like, no this is a nine-year-old going yeah it's kind of dumb i'm like well okay let's dig into this a bit more yeah, why was it yeah. why did you not like it yeah and his response is well why did they call it harry potter he's obviously not the main character and i was like what do you mean he's like, "Well." I mean, he flies around his broomstick and he's the, yeah. the child that did not die. Woo, big superpower yeah. there. He's got the flesh cord and zigzag on his board, <laughs> Yeah, you know? and it was like, and that was it. And I was like, well, what would you? He said, well, obviously Hermione Granger is the main character because she knows all the magic. She's the best wizard. And I was like, yeah, but, and I tried to explain, well, they don't they don't really make movies about female characters being the lead. This And this is a couple of years before Hunger Games. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and uh, so he was like, well, dad you tell me great stories why don't you write a book about a girl who kicks butt huh. and i'm like oh gauntlet Throne." okay so and, and, and <laughs> that, that, that actually i when you said that
0: i thought in my head to do that that's a whole different way of thinking by the way i'm trying to think hold on female character female hero oh, like how do you write what you don't know do? i don't know what it's like to be a female i don't know what <laughs> it's like to to be a heroine
1: Exactly. And I, so I had to, I had to kind of like get into the, the mind of it, but I just, I started writing, um, books at that point based on a 11 year old girl who finds out she's an angel of death and has to fight monsters to keep her town safe. And I got a six book series with that. And I'm like, there, are you happy now? Are you good? And he's like, no, keep going. Um, and
0: it's just, it sounds pretty impressive.
1: No, it was, he, he, he is obviously, he is just absolutely fantastic. He inspires me. Your DNA, me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, it may have skipped a generation. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, but then, uh, when the last book was done, there was a character I had kind of as a secondary character in the series. He's not one of the mains. Uh, and he kept, keeps almost dying. Like he gets like one obscure death after another and he keeps popping back and he referred to himself as the immortal Favo car. And it was like his big, well, I was just, it was me just making a, a funny character and I just kind of liked it. And so, at the very end, um, not too much of a spoiler, he is believed to be dead again at the end of the sixth book. My <laughs> editor comes back to me and she goes, "Okay, listen, Ren. If you write any more books at all about these characters, you got to kill Favo off. He 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 needs to be a dead man because I'm just tired of him popping up and not dying. You know, she she didn't like the guy. She's like, I want him just to I want him I want him to be a dead man. And so I showed her the the first draft of steel and sky you know tales yeah. of the dead man book one she's like oh you suck <laughs> and uh, because that's what basically the next series is about is about this guy who, okay uh, we'll get into that yeah and um and that kind of led me know just it just i want to find i want to tell stories that i enjoy telling about things i like and things that are inspirational but also just because the subtext is is this idea that things that seem so different really aren't and have so much to contribute to each other, um, it just continued to be this 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 concept that I wanted to continue to to write about and expand on and build on, because um, I think especially right now it it seems as good a time as any to address the fact that our divisions are artificial, that our differences are our strengths, and when we work together, we accomplish amazing. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Well done, Ron. I love that.
1: That's uh, that's. Uh... I almost want to end it there, but I can't. But I might, <laughs> I might have a
0: little piece out and use it as a little teaser trailer. Ren, um so your son was a big motivator in helping you bring this back to life. Um, your wife helped you kind of elevate, get out of one yes, genre or sub drama into another sub drama. Um, let's let's talk about your books in soon. But what I wanna do, Ren, is I wanna understand how do you find the time to write. Hundreds of pages per book. Um, do you have a, a calendar, a time block? How do you do it? What do you do? Uh,
1: I, saw, <laughs> I saw a meme uh, on Facebook the other day where it was uh, basically a, a guy just laying down on the floor face down and personally, I'm saying, So, what do you do today? Says, I'm writing. And, uh, and for me, it, that's, I try to schedule a bit of a, a structure to it. Like I, st- I, I start my day off with nutrition, a little bit of exercise. Um, just to get the blood flowing, get my brain to wake up. Um, and, and then I, I, I think about the things I want to work on, the, the projects I have focused on. And I, I've got like four right now that are all kind of on different burners on my stovetop. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of just, I sit down on my computer and I decide what music is, uh, what, what, what script <laughs> do I want to work on? What, what book is, is really calling to me the strongest? And I have soundtracks that I build up uh, on, my, on my computer that are for that genre, okay. or for that project. So I'll just, I'll, I'll hit play, let it sink in for a minute, and then I'll just start working on it.
0: Nice, very nice. Okay, so you don't, you don't really wake up early in the morning.
1: Oh, uh, sometimes I do. Give <laughs> okay.
0: do you, do you a test scheduled? when you write uh, Ren or is it just something that it goes spur of the moment in the morning? Uh,
1: it's a little bit of both. Uh, there's a, there's a concept in writing where they talk about um, being a plotter or a panster. Uh, the plotter being the person who writes out every detail of the outline and then writes it. And the people who are pantsers, the ones who kind of write by the seat of their pants. Uh, I'm a little bit of both. Um, I will try to build as much of a structure as I can because structure and discipline is a very good thing. Um, but sometimes the words just aren't there. Sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes at four o'clock in the morning, they are there as well. And I, you have to kind of build in a bit of flexibility to adjust. And and not be depressed by looking at a blank page for an hour, because right. sometimes that happens too.
0: Right. Oh, that's fantastic, Ren. I want to thank you for your time. It's, it's just been awesome. Oh, you're very uh, welcome, uh, Ren. Uh, I'll, if you don't mind, I'd like to share your contact details in the description box below, guys. Ren, uh, 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 yeah, exactly. Below, I love that, Ren. <laughs> Ren has a fascinating mind. Maybe, Ren, I need to maybe spend some more time with you. Uh, maybe bring some other books up and so forth, because. Um, I think you have a lot more to offer than what you're saying. And you've been an intellectual. Sometimes you can talk forever, which is good. You have a lot to share. And that that, that means a lot. Um, okay. Ren, if I'm an aspiring writer and I want to, like you, get the theme or the idea or the story or my dream out of my head onto paper, what can you give us as a nugget, a takeaway in making that happen,
1: actually doing uh, it? First? first take away the word aspiring um aspiring just means wanting to do it and just stop just wanting it and just start doing it okay Um, my favorite advice I ever heard was basically just to write a little bit every day um if you don't feel like you can write big stories write short stories if you don't think you can write um imaginative stories write uh stories that are memoirs and about your own personal experiences Ah, okay um and it was it was a college professor of mine who was um cruel and and terrifying he he was one of those guys who he basically he had a, a chaucer class that he taught from memory um his whole thing was like once you know the once you have the bones to it once you have the structure of being able to write the only thing you're missing is the life experiences that tell you the stories to write about so live experience put it on paper
0: live experience and put it on paper i love it thank you mr rain cummings hey uh if you want to get hold of his books, if you want to get hold of his publisher, uh, please reach out to Ren. His details will be in the description box below. Smash the like button, hit the bell button, subscribe. There's going to be great, a, lot, a lot more great content on this channel. I will be putting Ren on the podcast as well, which you can find on Spotify. Um, under Legends, the Heroes Journey uh, podcast. And Ren, thank you for your time, and I'm interviewing you again in the near future, bud. Oh, that'd be great. Love to have you. Uh, awesome. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Cheers.